This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Southern Storm, a bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. With me always is Jason. What's going on, man? Uh, man. We're, 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 <laughs> we're recording this on April 5th. I'm approximately one week away of seeing my favorite band, Blackberry Smoke in concert in Columbus, Ohio, at the venue where my wife and I had our wedding reception. So I, we can't wait. My wife and I are very excited to go see it. How are you doing? Well, I saw the pictures of that and it looks like a good room. It looks uh, looks really cool. I'm good. Yeah, it's it's not that big, so it'll be interesting to see them at a little bit more of an intimate venue. You know, they normally play a bigger Coliseum Amphitheater or whatever when they're here. So mm-hmm. two reasons to be three reasons to be excited. One, my favorite band, the best live band out there right now. Two, it's where I had a wedding reception 20 years ago. And three, it's a smaller venue than I've ever seen them at. Yeah, I saw them at the Sylvia Madison, and that was kind of a smaller, smaller room. So. It'll be amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna wear yeah. I'm gonna wear my junkyard shirt and see if Charlie recognizes. Me. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm good. I'm I'm looking forward to shows as well. Um, what that I got coming up here? Well, uh, you Kenny Wayne Shepherd band. Kenny right? Wayne Shepherd. Uh, this is May 10th, I think, and then uh, Blackstone Cherry opening for uh, opening for Hailstorm on the 28th of May. That's going to be a good show. Hailstorm is really good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And then uh, Tesla on July 12th. I'm so jealous. Tesla's not coming anywhere close to me. <laughs> right, right. And, I love uh, those guys. And uh, I think I'm going to do the, well, of course, I have to do the Tedeschi Trucks show at the Bluestone Amphitheater September 3rd. And I'm going to see those guys in July in, in Dayton at the Rose Music Center, which is an excellent, excellent venue to go. So this, you know what? the pandemic thing has settled out a little bit. I know we, you know, it's, we're not out of the woods yet, but it's, it's settled enough where we got a lot of really good shows uh, up in front of us. And I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, you know, to think of like everybody started out as young bands uh, you know, we know a few of them, you know, we know stone harvest down in the muscle shoals area, 
uh, young upstart Southern rock, hard rock kind of band. And uh, that's what we have for you guys uh, coming up. We have uh, the guys in Stone Crow and their mentor. Smoking uh, Crow. Smoking Crow. Crow. Smoking Crow. Did I say Stone? Stone. Yeah, stone yeah, harvest. It's like this. Yeah, yeah. Smoking Harvest and Stone Crow. Oh, that's okay. I call them the Smoking Crow. I mean, they're the band, <laughs> but, you know, Smoking smoking Crow out of yeah. Maryland. Yeah. Smoking Crow's going to the Stone Harvest, and they're going to be smoking harvest or something but like that. another really good young band uh that's like hitting out of the ballpark of the style of music that we really like and it's just everywhere we turn ryan there's another good rock band that's got those blues and southern rock influences and i love it and you know like i said when we're talking to those guys it's so enthusiastic to see these young guys and playing this style of music and we we definitely need more of that um and uh, so you guys kick back and relax and enjoy our conversation uh, with the guys in uh, Smoke and Crow and uh, their mentor, Will Mass. We're at the guest segment of the podcast, and as you guys know, I always throw it over to Jason to tell you guys uh, who our guests are today. Thank you, Brian. It's always my pleasure to introduce the guest, or in this case, the guest for this week. And you, you give, you're giving me a huge na- bunch of names to go through here tonight, Brian. I'm gonna have to put my glasses on so I can read everything. <laughs> so we've got a really cool band out of Maryland called the Smoke and Crow Band, and I'll introduce them first, then I'll introduce. The gentleman that's there with them, but we have Ted, Frank, John, and Jonathan from the Smoke and Crow Band. How you doing, guys? Great. And then accompanying them, are you babysitting? What are we doing here? We've got Will Mass from Rock Metal Records and Radio. How you doing, Will? Good, brother. How are you? Good. Did I miss anybody? No. I got everybody sweet. See, Brian throws these throws this out to me to see if I can do it and not screw up because he threatens to fire me. Do you guys go just by Smoke and Crow or the Smoke and Crow band? Smoke and Crow. Smoke and Crow. Okay, and cool. Crow. Cool. Cool, man. Well, uh, let's, uh, I don't know what we want to get into first, the radio show or the band, like just like how this all came together. If you guys, whoever wants to jump in there and whatever came first, the chicken or the egg, and we'll just uh, take off the from crow there. Or the, egg, the, the, the crow or the egg. The crow or the egg. Come on. <laughs> The crow or the radio show? <laughs> I like that. That's good. Uh, okay, well, I don't know which I want to be now. Um, but uh, I'll start it with uh, uh, about a year and a half ago, I got an idea to start a uh, – started with a radio show, which was Rock Metal, Rock, uh, Rock Metal Radio, um, which I do on uh, Toxic Radio biweekly, a live podcast, um, where I basically showcase – local regional to me mid atlantic area and the surrounding areas um it's the you know the unknowns and the unsigned oh this is great yeah. we're actually going to get a train that comes through right behind us and we're at studio e in westminster so uh you guys are about to get you guys are about to get a train effect Trains are rolling all night long baby trains are good for rock and roll <laughs> trains and barking dogs are very common well is barking dogs great, are common it, trains not as barking much dogs but. are common brian and i have dogs every once in a while they like to participate in the podcast but is it a crazy train? 
Hey, it might be in a minute because I'm going to try to talk over it. I got a big mouth, but I don't know if I can get over that thing. <laughs> Just get so really close started, to the mic, uh, Will. I started a radio show, again, focused on local, regional, unknowns, unsigned. Um, then I started an idea with some friends of mine to start a record label. Um, and we didn't want to do something that was like a normal record label. And we wanted to incorporate different things to try to help local artists. And one of the things we wanted to do was we wanted to create a mentor project where basically we, you know, took somebody that was a younger band that was doing covers um, and well, and, you know, see if they had any aspirations of writing original material. Um, Cause that's where, you know, our heart lies is in the original material. Um, so fast forward a little while later, I meet, uh, I meet Frank here at, at a party of a mutual friend, just started hitting off talking about music. He was telling me about this, this Southern rock outlaw country cover band he was in. Um, Invited me out to see him, went out and saw him. Great, great harmonies, great songs, deep cuts, Southern rock, um, deep cuts of, of outlaw country. Like you what? Know, like give us some example of the deep cuts. We want to know. Give me a deep cut example. Um, speak up with the train. Only Daddy Thou <laughs> Walk the Line by Waylon Jennings. We did that one in our wow. old band. Um, right on. Uh, let's see. We did The Weight by the band. Uh, oh, there we go. Band, one of my favorite uh, bands of all time. Ballad of Curtis Lowe. We did that by Skinner. Great yeah. Deep cuts. There, deep yeah, cuts. there was a lot of them. It's, it's and we cuts. don't hear the train, by the way. I do not. Brian, do you hear a train? I, don't I hear, hear no train. train. I hear no train. You don't hear the oh, train? Because right. oh, no, it's right Well, here, the right. funny thing is, <laughs> is we hear the train. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they're in this, and, it's, and at that point, it was Frank, it was Ted, yeah. and it was John who were in this band in particular. Um, so I went out to see him. He was blown away by the harmonies. They had a four-part harmony going. It was just insane for a bunch of young guys doing these covers. And, I was, and the fact that they were younger guys doing these old covers, I was just blown away. The cover band is not my thing. Um, so anyway, I got to talking with Frank. Frank got talking with these two. The band that they were in at that time didn't want to do an original project. But these three gentlemen decided they wanted to. So it was like, okay. I got the three guitar players. Here's where I'm going. I got the three guitar players, not two now, three guitar players from a previous band. Um, Jonathan over here, we introduced at a mutual show just because I thought, you know, they had shared similar interests in their music taste. And Jonathan was a shredder guitar player for guitar players. Now, you following me, guys? But he's playing drums, right? Now, listen, just follow where I'm going. All right, all right. guitar player from another band. It was like a, a pop punk kind of band okay we were a shredder players. playing pop punk music come on what's that a shredder playing pop punk music uh, yeah it, it wasn't really pop punk it was more so like there was elements of pop punk like hardcore we all came from different backgrounds and they were all 10 or 12 years older than me and it was my brother's band before i joined it so i always grew up listening to his music and it was more hard rock than anything, but drumming, big guitar solos, stuff like that. Okay. All right. So my point was he's a shredder guitar player. All right. Okay. I introduced these guys one night of the show just because they had common interests. <clears throat> Four guitar players. Can't find a bass player. These three did an acoustic sets a couple times here at the studio for shows as a three-piece. Um, that was the beginning of Smoke and Crow. Introduced this guy over here. Three days later, I get a phone call. Here's what goes on now. I got four guitar players. We can't find a bass player. Johnny switches over and says, fuck it, I'll play a bass. All right. This one 
calls me three days after introducing and says, Hey man, I think we found a drummer. I said, Ooh, he said that kid, Jonathan, you introduced us to you. And I was like, drummer, he's a fucking shredder guitar player. What do you mean? Well, apparently he plays drums. <laughs> so now you have what I was getting to earlier. You have four guitar players in this band, essentially that are two lead guitar players, two lead vocals, a bass player and a drummer. And to watch what they have done, we created a mentor project. So we thought we were going to have to like mentor the, you know, a younger band on kind of different ways to write music and all that. Mm-hmm. Dude, out of the gate, they wrote Open Road. That was the first song they wrote. And, the tune. Uh, and yeah, very okay. right, yeah, good tune. Okay. Out of the gate, man, that was just nuts. Uh, I, I, they brought it to the table. And the first time I listened to it, I was like, you got to be shitting me. I looked at uh, Eric D, who's involved with the label with me of uh, 86 Bullets, bass player and owner of Studio E here, um, and Mark from Rat Rod uh, up in Philly, Jersey area. Yep, yep. Uh, all part of Rock Metal Records. These are the guys that you know I kind of brought in with me to surround it. We've all said the same thing. It's like we ain't got to teach them shit about being musicians. They they know what the hell they're doing. So the mentor project has pretty much turned into at this point. I'm band dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've become I've become manager band dad, depending on who you talk to, and um, we just wanted to surround them with, you know, enough people that knew the business that we can handle, you know, booking gigs and we can handle setting up interviews and we can do the stuff for them that they're not used to doing. That you know, some bands that have been doing it as original bands for years, they're used to the ebb and flow of that. So now the mentors project has really turned into me just managing the band. Um, but these guys are, are phenomenal musicians, man. They, uh, every time they've played every single time without fail, people come up to talk to them, talk to me and just say, you know, this is amazing. And your original sounds so amazing. Um, you know, they have a very, a very uncanny way to me, again, being young and inexperienced as far as being an original project, the, the flow that they have with their originals is just amazing, man. And I know you guys have heard open road. Yep. Uh, but so yeah mentor project turned into now i'm just kind of managing smoking crow and they're doing their thing man and, and they do it uh they do it really well they do it really well so you guys have been together just like a short time but it, it seems like uh like we said good song and you like got a, a lot of good momentum so far yeah yes yeah. it's been a little over a year been over a year okay yeah okay I mean, so how first, many original signs you guys have ready to go? I know we've got the open road that's out there for the public to, you know, to listen to, but it, what else do you guys have? How many more songs? We've had th- three total that we've played out. Okay. Uh, there's at least a handful of partial songs that we got to work on and finish up. Fine tuning. Mm-hmm. Which yep. kind of, gets, it gets slowed down from the cover band gig. Because you gotta learn so many songs for the cover band gigs. Right. Yeah, sure. Money to record, and <laughs> it kind of gets put on the back burner. <laughs> but um, they're there. It would just really just be a few days of us getting together and playing. So, what is the goal? Are you guys shooting to actually get an album, just a handful of songs for digital release? What are you looking to do? Yeah, we want to get a whole album together. Uh. It's just we want to make sure the songs that we're putting out are what we want people to hear and what we want people to think of when they hear the name Smoking Crow. Right. That's what we're going for here. Something, nothing cookie cutter, really. 
each song has a unique sound, but all within really close realm of each other. We have so many different influences and from each of us, I mean, from metal to blues and Southern rock and hard rock and country. And we just, we find a way to blend all that together. So, I mean, one song can sound completely different from the next one, but you're going to know it's a smoke and crow song, but we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves and be just one certain genre. We like to let our influences show and put in our songs when we write them for sure. One thing that's really exciting about this scene, you got young guys, you know, doing this starting out. Um, it just, it's, it's similar. It reminds me of uh, some other friends of ours that down in uh, the Muscle Shoals area, young guys like you, they got a band called Stone Harvest. So it's the same kind of thing. They're just kind of starting out. They got a couple couple songs, but there's so much enthusiasm and excitement. And so we like really need that from, from the younger guys. And, you know, we always, Jason and I joke about like, you know, I'm not a promoter, but I play one on TV, you know, and I'm always like in my head, like making up gigs. It's like, yeah, we got to get Stone Harvest and Smoke and Crow and some gigs together. <laughs> Do it, man. Do it. Oh, I, I'm not, I want to be a promoter. We play fantasy football. <laughs> we, do, we do fantasy promotion. Fantasy promotion. There we go. Yeah. Look, man, I, I, I put shows on in my backyard every year that draw 200 people. So, I right mean, on. you know what I mean? So, what part of Maryland are you guys home based at? Or is it more west, eastern Pennsylvania? Well, right now we're in Westminster, which is northwest of Baltimore City. Okay. By like, 30 miles. Yeah. We're about 10 minutes from the PA line. Oh, God, um, yeah. Some of the guys live in Carroll County. Some of the guys live just over the PA line up in Hanover. So it's kind of that Hanover, Westminster kind of belt. Mason Dixon. Mason, yeah, Mason Dixon. It's, yeah. it, it's pretty much a Mason Dixon line. Yeah, there, there you go. There's another song. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and that's you know that's something you else. can be you can you know you can change the name of the band to the Maryland Pennsylvania line instead of the Florida Georgia line. There you go. <laughs> yeah, start doing bro country. Come on. No, we, we don't want to talk about that one. This yeah, I'm, I'm with you. No bro, no bro country in your cover sets, right? <laughs> we'll save that for another time. You know that's. One of the things that you know we're touching on their originals that they have written and the ones that they're writing and how they don't want to be pigeonholed. Um, that's very important, you know, to them. And it was from the beginning. And the one thing I got to say is the songs that they write, like we did a show at, uh, at Stables here locally in Westminster two weeks ago or a week and a half ago. And it was an hour and a half set. They played the two no three originals. Two. 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 They played two, the two, two of the new originals um in that hour and a half set and the thing is they're true to who they are like the songs that they're writing are true in that vein of everything that they're influenced by and so many people came up to us during the show and was just like the originals flowed so well we didn't even know you know what i mean that they weren't another cover deep cut or something um so i think that's a testament to how they're writing is that they're staying very genuine and i think the buzz on them so far the way it's been is because of that you know being genuine it's like the the audience connects with with who they are because they're not up there wearing funny outfits they're not up there doing anything other than who they are and uh i think that's the the what's kind of grabbed hold of people right this minute and and really kind of they're all expressing an interest in the band so it's really good 
So you guys mentioned like we're talking about some of the towns and cities that you guys are near that kind of whole area. Um, is there, you know, is there like a, a decent music scene, whether it's, you know, independent, you know, whatever the genre is, is it more cover bands or what, what what's that like where, where you guys are at in that area? I guess I'll, you oh, okay. specifically in Westminster where we, where we are right now, uh, there's pretty much one bar that we played at last week or a week and a half ago that has bands rotate through and they're cover bands. I don't really think there's much of an original music scene there at that bar. Not at that bar. But there, there is original scene. That's more on, on your side. It's around. There's, there's, here's, okay, so there's a lot of factors with this. So basically, a lot of the people that I, that I know, music people, people that go, fans that go to shows, um, people in the industry like yourselves, um, I've, over the years, We've built ourselves a family um, and the scene itself, when you can get <laughs> passing out the beers, when you can get a bunch of bands that actually work together, um, the scene thrives pretty good. Now, cover bands are always going to be different in a different you know, group than original bands. You know, it's two different circuits, so to speak. Mm. Um, you have a lot of promoters now that are kind of getting that if they throw a cover band on with an original band, they kind of draw a little bit more of a crowd even. Um, so it's nice to see that some are doing that. Um, the scene around here, again, with the family that we've surrounded ourselves with is awesome. You know what I mean? Again, we got the guys from, from Philly and South Jersey and Rat Rod that come down all the time. They came down for the show the other week, you know, made the hour and a half trek down here. It's, it's back to... <laughs> it's back to bands, you know, supporting bands, you know what I mean? Back the way it used to be. If you guys, if you guys remember going to bars and stuff back in the late eighties and early nineties, you could go to a bar any night of the week, see an original band, see a cover band, see whatever you wanted to see. And you could do it consecutive nights in a row. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Four or five nights in a row. And everybody would go out and see everybody. Everybody would go out and support everybody. There wasn't all this infighting mm -hmm. and all this crap that you've seen since. Um, and I'd say in this local area, we're trying to build that again, you know what I mean? Whether it be with a cover band or with an original band, just to try to create that support, you know what I mean? Because ultimately, fan support's not what it used to be. People don't go to concerts like they used to, um, you know, especially, you know, even pre, <clears throat> excuse me, pre-pandemic, it's, it's, it still wasn't quite there. Post-pandemic, it's definitely even harder to get people to come out and, and see shows. So you got to do things with other bands and be creative, you know, to, make it a show, make it something that you want to come out of your house for, you know what I mean? And uh, your team, your team, yeah, right. As a team. So, you know, we've, we've tried to build that, you know, we work, you know, Babylon shakes. who I know you guys are big fans of, of um, they're, they're good friends of ours. I've known, I've known Chris and, and Margie's wife. They're oh, good people, good, people. very good friends of mine and my wife. They've become, you know, Chris has been a great mentor with Frank, you know, and, and the band, um, the, the guys from Rat Rod have been great mentors, you know, for these guys in the band. It's like, you know, there's, it's again, it's building that family of, of support to, you know, be able to help a young band out. And yeah, and they're, and they've all been great with us. They all recognize what sound we want and what we're going for. And they, everyone has been wonderful with us and just helping us push on further. It's been a really great time so far. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's only going to get better. <laughs>
that was gonna be the next thing I brought up since I'm wearing their hat. And Chris actually designed our logo, uh, which is cool. And it's the very first time we ever read the back of a CD. And so, you know, thanks to the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. But uh, you, you know, you guys did some shows together, didn't you? And then my next question beyond that was gonna be like for Will, when you have these other bands that you're working with on your labels, is that kind of a, like a plan and make it a little easier or somewhat to put shows on with Smoke and Crow and, and with Rat Rod, who's going to be coming on the podcast down the road. And, you know, and I, I guess I haven't talked to the 86 Bullets guys, but I mean, just uh, with uh, Babylon Shakes and Rat Rod and, and it's, it's just cool how those guys are just kind of passing on their, you know, their knowledge and experience. Yeah, there's there's been again a lot of a lot of guys have, have wanted to step up and, and really take a part in it because they see the talent in the band. Truthfully, I mean, again, the band speaks for itself. Um, you guys did play a show uh, with Chris. We did. That was our here. first first full band electric show here yeah. in the studio. That Chris, was our first full band show. Chris played uh, "Going Down" by Freddie King. We covered that. And, cool. Uh, played guitar. And then we played a Black Crows Remedy. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. There yeah. Go. yeah. He said background vocals on it. There you go. That was that show. Oh, I love it. So I'm, I'm going to tell Chris probably designed that. Yeah, you can tell. Poster. I always yeah. tell Chris's work, right? Nice. Yeah, Chris actually, my <laughs> band. No, no. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, we, we got a guy. That's another guy. Oh, you got a guy. Well, he's pretty good. That looks nice. That's my, my bad. My brother-in-law is a graphic artist in Baltimore, Jesse Cowher. Okay. At Image 360 in Baltimore. This. Sorry. <laughs> this was this was Chris. Well, that's pretty badass, too. Yeah, this one was Chris. Well, that's the yeah, the Babylon Shakes logo. That looks really good as well. Ooh. You know, any of those posters would look nice hanging up in my yeah, wall. Um, <laughs> get some extras made for this next one that we're playing uh June 4th at Stables again in Westminster. You're going the Wall of Fame. I've got Tyler Bryant and Candlebox and the Dead Deads. And I don't know who else. I got J.D. Simo, Blackberry Smoke. He definitely is a poster on that wall. Yeah, Yeah, see? Maybe two. This is a Black Crows photo. Them performing, yeah, so I'm saying, I'm telling you guys, like, just you know, I'll take whatever you want to send me, I'll pay All for right. shipping, and uh, the just, second part, just sign it, just sign it. There you go. Okay. The second part to Brian's question, um, was about bands that you know working with rock metal records. Understand that rock metal records, like, there's no signed artists on this label right now. Um, Smoking Crow at some point, hopefully when we get to that point, would be the first one. Um, but we work with other bands, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's and that's the community that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I don't have to have a band signed to my label, right? To, to be able to work with them, it's it's you know it's it's bigger than all that. This we didn't start this to be a traditional label, so we're not keeping it traditional in any way, shape, or form. So you know those. I just wanted to correct you when you kids sure. kind of when you asked the question. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I didn't want people to think that oh they're all on this label because that's right. not right. That's not what it is. You cool. know, I work cool. with those bands. I help you know rat rob with stuff, and, and I help you know the bands that are part of the family with stuff whenever they ask me to do something. Well, what's really cool about this is you know like 
uh, you know, independent and do it yourself, DIY. And it's so like what we're doing with the podcast. And it's the, so awesome, like just forming these relationships and almost like family type stuff with, with all this, you know, like, you know, it just, it, it, to me, it's exciting, you know, because just uh, on a smaller, you know, lesser known level, like these things are going on and starting to percolate. And, you know, like I said, you know, bands like Rat Rod and Battle on Shakes and then you guys and, you know, it's just, it's just so cool just to be part of all this thing where we just kind of do it when we want, how we want to do it. And it's like, there's no one going, well, you should do this or say that or whatever, you know? So it's very, very cool. And it's very generous and giving of the bands that have been around a little while to, to, to offer that support and, and uh, like I said, pass on that knowledge and experience. Yeah, and somebody else we want to mention that too, uh, uh, Grant Walker um, and Ellis from Indian Head, the band Indian Head. If that's a band you don't know about, you should definitely check them out. Yes, love them. Didn't the Duquesne guys say Indian Head to us, Brian? That name sounds familiar. They may have. Yeah. Is, they consider themselves dirty Southern rock. They are, they're in a vein of like, yeah like god's magnet skinner that's not a bad interesting yeah yeah a little allison chains thrown in there if if you want to throw back to the 90s a little uh a little so like grunge southern rock it's yeah it's kind of it's alternative southern rock it's again if you remember like uh seven mary three yeah oh yeah 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 yep that kind of thing yeah 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 that kind of thing i like it it has been Grant again, Grant and Allison and Wheel have all been another you know band. Those yeah. guys are seasoned and they've been super supportive of these guys. Grant scared the shit out of me the first time I met him. <laughs> I was so intimidated by that man. Is he a he big was, guy? He he's a great guy, but man, like the first time I saw him play live, I was like, Wow, this guy's got an aura around him, and if I say the wrong thing, he's gonna get pissed off. <laughs> and he's but, not. But he's, he's not, not, man. He's, he's not, not like that. Oh my god. He talked, I mean, I was this guy. He talked on the phone with him, and he's just one thing to the next, man. I mean, he but he's he's a great guy and a great, great songwriter. And he's they're they're a very, very good band. Very good band. I've got their I've got their website up right now. I'm looking. I I, I don't know if I've heard of these guys or not. I may have. They um they've got one full length that's out that came out just prior to COVID, um and just recently we've had them here at Studio E play, um I got to have had them at the party at my house at, you know last year play Grant was with us Grant played first gig that we had yeah. Grant sang Mississippi Queen with us yeah oh wow nice it sounded really good yeah it did yeah. he's got that grovelly just nastiness yeah. to his voice he's got a, he's he's got a growl good. he's got a growl and a range man i mean it's just like that dude can his the way he looks doesn't fit his voice <laughs> he's like sully erna from godsmack you would think sully erna would be this big burly man with a big beard and then you hear him you know you see him in person he opens his mouth and he's like that's that guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's, it's like, like susan tedeschi like she's got like this little chip monkey talking voice but god when she sings yeah holy moly yes. yeah that girl's a songbird there man oh boy but her her speaking voice is nothing like her singing voice at all right <laughs> yeah cool i'm looking at their website now so all right well while cool. you're looking at their website i i gotta ask these guitar players a couple questions frank one i i really dig that firebird oh thank you that is it. a nice looking guitar thank you it's uh yeah i got it um I got it this what this summer yeah, yeah. I think this summer I did um I've been looking for one for 
forever. And, um, you know, Epiphone put out their uh, Inspired by Gibson line. Yep, which is a really, really good line of, of what, instruments, man. man. Epiphone has stepped up their game. Like That 59 Les Paul, the 335, all all yes. very nice and I, I i saw the firebird johnny he he's always sending me stuff he's always sending me yeah. pv and gibson stuff when i try to get them to spend money every yeah yeah it works but he uh he sent me a, a the website to a music go round yep. and um uh you know they just have uh, enormous selection of used and new gear and stuff like that well this one was down in texas and i saw it and like well it's coming from texas i'll take my chances so i bought it sat out on my front porch waited for the ups man to drop it off for me and uh honestly i would that's my number one right now and i would i would play that guitar over my gibson west paul any day to be quite honest with you. Wow, it, it, that has the mini hums, like the 70 style mini humbuckers it's in it? the um, Epiphone Pro buckers in Okay, it. so it's the full size hums? All right. No, it's, they're mini humbuckers. Oh, they are? Okay. Pro buckers, but um, it, that thing's got some bite to it, man. It's just real tight sounding, and I love it. It's a player, for sure. Wow, it's, it's a nice looking instrument, and I think that, um, what else we got? We got a Strat up there. Yes, sir. GNL Legacy Special. Oh, the GNL. Oh man, you know what? GNL again. That's real freaking solid. Like the Tellys, the Strats. Yeah. Uh, I believe that was one of the original Fender guys under Leo Fender, wasn't it? Who spun Fender, off to do his yeah. own stuff? Yeah. So, yep. Ted, how did you get into GNL guitars? Uh, well, that guitar I bought when I was a youngin. Oh, it had. It was eighteen years ago. I had nice. that call for 18 years, probably paid $200 for it. Uh, some guy just wanted to get rid of it. And he said $200. I was like, oh, well, I, that's all I have. So I'll take it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was worth or anything. But I knew I liked the way it sounded when that guy played it because uh, my dad was actually in a band with him. And, uh, yeah, I haven't been able to put that thing down. I just recently got a uh, – uh, Fender Telecaster with a Seymour Duncan hot rail in it. Wow. All, all my guitars are on hot rails. I, I just love them. All the power you could ever ask for. But but yeah, Fender is just what stuck with me. I've, I've had Gibson and stuff. It's just I always end up going back to a little bit of twang. Is it the sound? Is it the feel? The knack? What is it? It's it's honestly more the sound. I can, Every guitar is comfortable to me after I play it once or twice. Like I have a, uh, I had a Epiphone Les Paul, the, uh, I don't even know what model that was, but like the neck was a heavy ball back neck on that and I loved it. So you had like the 50 style neck then, like that full. Yeah. Yeah. Each guitar to me just makes me play a different way, I feel. And yeah, for sure. Sounds good. I'll run it. Ted can make a $50 guitar sound good. We'll put it that way. There we go. Well, you know, it's all in the fingers, right? That's right. He's That's why I sound player. like shit, no matter the price of the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just stick with the cheap, cheap, cheap ones. All right, John, Like, I, what kind of bass you're on? Brian Brian over here likes to play bass. What do you got? Uh, I just went with the tried and true. Ampig heads, cabinets, and 
Fender basses. Precision? So I have both jazz and precision. Right on, yeah. Last week, our, our last gig, I used a uh, American original 60s P bass. And then uh, I do have a Getty Lee jazz bass, like a really limited. They, they made a red one in 2015. It's like a flame top red one. They only made 100 mm -hmm. of them. I picked wow. one of those. Used at a music around here in Cockeysville, Maryland. Um, and I have a Sunburst P bass. American standard and uh, same thing in the jazz. Were you were you playing bass before you started playing guitar or no, at all? For like 15 years. And then when we started this, I couldn't find a bass player. I was right. like, I'll swap some guitar gear and go pick up a bass rig and just start playing bass. So was, I, was that uh, like a comfortable transition for you or weird at all or anything? Weird. I mean, uh, I've had bases in the past where I just messed around with them, never really took the time to, to learn. But um, at first, it was weird just getting used to playing. I mean, I, I don't use a pick. So, right. yeah, I see that. I see your, your finger picking. Yeah. Yeah. So it took a little bit, but I mean, I would get up every morning at 5 a.m. and start playing bass. Holy crap. That's but, awesome. Uh, the hard part was at that time last year, my wife and I had our second child we had a daughter in january of 2021 so here we had my two-year-old son and a one-year-old and i'm trying to learn to play bass <laughs> so i had to get up at five in the morning i had right. to <laughs> night, you know to figure it out and then just jumped in feet first we had all these songs we wanted to do i was like i could do it mm -hmm. i feel like if you can play guitar it translates over. There's just the technique of fitting bass and drums together. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just like to play the song, keep the beat, try, not trying to set the world on fire. So right on. I think there's a lot of bass players that just held it down. They're great bass players, didn't do anything flashy. Mm -hmm. Do what works. Yeah, I mean that that works. You're not Les Claypool, you guys. You know, you're not doing Primus stuff or Chili Peppers. You don't need to go crazy. Yeah, when you have two two really good guitar players sharing the leads and stuff, I don't need to do anything other than just keep the rhythm. Yeah, that's right. Well, what kind of guitars were you playing before you jumped over to bass? Everything under the sun. I like it, man. <laughs> with a different guitar every time every, we practice. I had a different guitar and a different. <laughs> You're like Rich Robinson. Every song he freaking changes out a guitar. He never plays the same guitar twice. Another house with all the ones. That I, had. <laughs> I had um for a while. I was on the Les Paul. You know, Gibson yeah, Les. Of course. Kick. I had. Uh, then I got in the Strats because I couldn't hear myself. Three of us playing guitar, and we're two of us playing Les Pauls, and like yeah, that. yeah. So I switched to. By the end of that band, I was playing. Um, I had a mar a custom Marshall clone hand wired head, and a two twelve, and a Strat. Like Super amp worked really well too. A Supro, yeah. yeah. The Black Magic. That thing cut through. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a great sound. That and Strat was pretty, pretty tough sound. Yeah. Dual rectifiers. 
know, orange heads. You've had, had it all. all. I've had it all. Everything but PV. Never had everything it. but PV. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> if I was to say, if you jump in the metal, that's where you want your PV. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, no. I had a PV mini head, this mini 6505, but I never had like an actual giggable PV rig. Well, then so, that just that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, no, go ahead. I'll, I'll pop in here. I, I was going to jump over to Jonathan because sure. he is a guitar player that plays drums, and I'd be interested about his guitars. So the kit that I'm using with the band now is <laughs> No, start, start with your drum. We'll take a little move over to guitars. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I kind of fell asleep for a minute. Um, the main guitars that I played throughout my life were um, PRS mainly. But I also have um, an American Deluxe Telecaster. Not, oh, yeah. Nice. It's one of those things where, like, I go in spells with playing guitar. Guitar is easy for me because, you know, I live in a townhouse now that I moved away from the farm. So it's like you can play guitar whenever you want. You can't play drums late at night when you live in the townhouse. That's yeah, that's a little tough. I'll go in, fit in, like, spells where I'll play my Telecaster and I'll just play country and southern rock for like a month that's a beat bender too yeah i got a beat bender on that oh but, really damn well, so it's not like one in the neck it's actually a um it's a drop-in i forget what the company's called but they make this uh it drops in the saddle you take any you can be any string you want i did it on the b just because that's the most sure. common you take the saddle out for the b string and you drop it in it's called a palm bender and you, it's like a whammy bar, only it's shorter and it sticks out past the bridge. And you just rock your palm over onto it. And there you go. You oh. just, but yeah, I'll play that and I'll pick country songs for like a month. And then I got this seven string Mark Holcomb PRS. And then I'll spend like two months playing like Cannibal Corpse and shit. <laughs> Can, cannibal Corpse? That's, a, that's some old school metal right there. Cannibal Corpse, all that, and then my uh, sixth string. I'll play a lot of like death, obituary, that type of thing. Nice. Now, do are you into the, like the Norwegian black metal as well? So, <laughs> I, I same as just like playing guitar. I go in spells in my truck. I listen to music all day at work. Yeah. When you listen to music for ten plus hours a day, minimum. You got to change it up. And there are sometimes I'll go for a week and I'll be listening to like Mayhem and Emperor, Dark Funeral, that shit. But that, that's the shorter live. Normally, if I'm going to listen to heavy stuff, it's like 80s and 90s death. I love death. I'm obituary. They're Who all, the they're hell are like, you, man? They're all laughing at me because they don't really get to see this side. No. This is, I keep this under wraps. I have like 20 death metal shirts from fucking anywhere from like the classic 80s bands to um we're all like bands that nobody's too. heard about from fucking canada that ain't signed yet <laughs> this is really a confession <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't judge me like i'll we'll be talking about music and i'll just music yeah. it, um, and johnny's like it sounds like he's trying to take a shit and he just can't get it out <laughs> I'm like are you really talking about dallas like that fuck you <laughs> hey at least we're honest that's what I like about them. They will give you their un just unfiltered opinion. As it should be. But music's subjective, and who says one man's taste is not, not good, right? That's right. <laughs> You're in the band still. Yeah, that's right. He's still in the band. I mean, I skate on thin ice when I bring up stuff like that. 
So since you like, I was gonna say since you like all that, you have a double bass, you have a double kick pedal on that, or what? Oh yeah, yeah I got triple. Iron Cobra. It's triple older than I am, and it's so fucking old. My dad used it on tour. Like half the screws are stripped out. The springs are at max tension. They're still like eh. But I try. I try to not use that with the band. But yeah, sometimes okay. you're playing live. You have a few beers. You're like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> that was a good time. That was a good time for the double bass. You know what? I need to get some energy out. The lever notice. You guys ever scream him out? He sets his drum set so high, so he hides behind the kit. Exactly. So he's gotta he's gotta let people know that he's there. So a little, yeah. little double tap of the bass drum. We know I, I literally still. set up my drum kit specifically so you cannot like see me hardly at all. You, got, you guys got to cover some Slayer or something, man. Some stuff yeah. off Seasons in the Abyss or something. Slayer! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> Why not, right? Why not? Yeah. It's worth a shot. We don't want to be pigeonholed. Let's throw a Slayer song here. Oh, right. So uh, after Jonathan, I'd like to go, you know, around the room and see what everybody's kind of like their main influences and whatnot. And um, if that at all kind of plays into your originals and like how that songwriting process goes. But before we move on, I just got to say, Jonathan, it's like, uh, I know Pantera is not really considered death metal, but I always consider them like the southern, southern rock metal band or southern metal. Like, like uh, uh, I'm broken. That riff to me is like a southern riff, you know. So, dude, um, Pantera in high school, I cannot tell you how many hours I spent learning John Baggs riffs and solos. Like he does them like Texas quarter step bends and shit. He he just throws in twang. It's like country on steroids. And it's just badass. I've always loved, like, especially some of their deeper cuts. And still at work, my, my best friend since high school, we work together. And our poor customers, they'll have to listen to us blasting <laughs> Pantera for hours a day. Or so, your, your grateful customers. <laughs> we, we don't have a lot of them. <laughs> They're like, you're really nice guys, but can you, can you turn that down a little bit? There's no repeat. <laughs> <laughs> so if we could just go to the left and then everybody just kind of talk a little bit of what your influences are whether it's your main influences or other stuff and if you uh if that plays into you know either how you play on stage with covers or in the in the originals that you write and how, how that that yeah, songwriting process works start here um i don't I don't have any like main influences because I roll through all kinds of music every day. But um, I feel like I listen to my go-tos are like the Seattle stuff because I'm older than I look. So like when I was a, a teenager, it's definitely Soundgarden and Alice in Chains. And that, I think that's where some of that open road sound came from. The sound like older Soundgarden riffs. But, um, you know, I just roll through all kinds of stuff each day. One of my go-tos is Pandora, and it's 80s alternative. So I'll listen to the Smiths and everything else that rolls across that. Wow. Um, but, to, I mean, before I came here, it was Blink-182 and the old, the original Green Day album. <laughs> so I'm all over the place. And I think that when I write stuff, I'll send it to these guys. And I'm like, does this sound like something else? And then give me like an hour. 
And I'm like, shit, that's all that was written. He answers his own question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's too much like this song. I mean, it's happened a hundred times. So I guess I'm heavily influenced by a lot of things, and it's just deep-seated in your brain, and it comes out when you put a guitar in your hand. So it's kind of a problem. <laughs> if I didn't listen to so much stuff, I'd come up with something original. <laughs> But these guys handle the the country end of it. Oh Lord. Does that mean it's my turn? Yeah. It's your turn. Uh I listen to a lot of stuff you that a lot of people know but don't hear on the radio. Uh Tyler Chavers, mm-hmm. uh Sturgill Simpson. Yep. Yeah. Love the music. Um I mean, of course, uh Blackberry Smoke. Mm-hmm. And Going then, to see him a week from tonight in Columbus, Ohio. Nice. One nice. of my favorite bands ever. I think I've seen him three times. Each show has been different. Each show has been amazing. I, I love it. And they're them. always on. Like, they're never off. Yeah. They sound just like the album. Never for now. Always. Yeah. So good. I've seen them eight or nine times by this point. Always good. I got seven shows of them. Yeah. It, I, I will never stop going and seeing them as long as they're touring. Another band that I always like to go see live is uh, Blackstone Cherry. Here you go. I'm going to see them uh, real soon. We've had Chris Robertson on the podcast. It, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because his his sound, his guitar playing, and his vocals, that's – I mean, I try my best. That's Ted, but that's I, Ted man. That's open road. That's, that's vocals. That's his influence right yeah. there, man. Yeah, Chris Robertson, just because he was cool with me at his shows. I see oh, him yeah. at the Chameleon Club in Lancaster, and they were the only band, like, they were the headliners and the openers, didn't even stick around. Like, right. after the show, I hung out, and then they just ended up walking back to the bar, and it was cool. I hung out with them for probably an hour just talking with them about guitars, what what pedals he uses and everything. It was like my own personal rig rundown. Here you go. Then, right uh, on. They, and then... I bought one of his guitars, one of uh, his signature series guitars. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I bought it and I just messaged him and he was like, oh, no, I do nothing to that. Just play it the way it is, out of the box. And I was like, all right. And when I seen him at the, the next show I went to, I was like, I messaged you about this guitar. And he's like, what'd I tell you? <laughs> so I was like, all right. You probably don't remember me, but all right. That seemed pretty cool. But those, the whole band for Blackstone Cherry, they've been pretty cool every time I went and seen them. And then there's the classic country, Waylon Jennings and the, the Jerry Reed guitar picking. It's it's all over the country southern rock spectrum for me, pretty much. But yeah, I think Frank pretty much shares in the same, plus a little little metal in there, a little Metallica. Yeah. Hence the Metallica shirt. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you guys give, give me your best James Hetfields here. Yeah, right. Uh, I guess me. Oh, oh you're, you're Come on, Frank. You got all night. Um, no, mine mainly is rooted in Skinner for the most part. They're, um, I don't know if you remember, but uh, I'm sure you do. When you could have a subscription, kind of like the old Netflix subscription, 
my parents had a thing where they mail you CDs and stuff. Like Columbia that. House, sure, of course. I probably still own money. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, what everybody does. So, <laughs> I was, uh, let's see, I guess I was about six years old, probably. And my parents had a Leonard Skinner Greatest Hit CD. And it, it was track number six. And the song, it was The Ballad of Curtis Lowe. And the first time I ever heard that song, and when the words came in, I was like, wow. Like at six years old. I mean, I knew every word. I still remember every single track title off of that album. And the song after that was Call Me the Breeze. And when Gary Rossington played that opening riff, and then Alan Collins came on with that first lead, I was hooked right away. And I was like, I want to play guitar because of those guys. So Skinner is pretty much my number one. Um, Metallica, obviously, that's my heavy side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and of course, you know, Waylon Jennings and Merle Haggard and George Jones and Blackfoot, Molly Hatchett, Ted Nugent. I love Ted Nugent. He is, I think, one of the most underrated guitar players that ever walked the face of the earth. Um, Alice in Chains. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of stuff. And of course, Blackberry Smoke. I mean, Charlie Starr is the reason why I got a, my first Gibson was a Les Paul Jr. Oh, nice. What color is it? He just, when I first heard that band, I bought the Whippoorwill album. Was what Cla- me. So good. Some awesome yes. record. And, An um, all-timer. Yes, that, that, I still think that's their best album. That, I do yeah. too. Yeah. I told Charlie that I, when, we had, I, when we had him on the podcast. Yeah, I, I listened to it, man. I, I saw that. I said, I got to listen to that one. Cool. Thank <laughs> but, you. Uh, especially those guys. And, I mean, just their, their writing style and the way that they play, all those bands play. I mean, Allman Brothers, just it's, it's all over. Mostly like Ted, the Southern Rock, old country style. And But my guitar influence-wise is Gary Rossington, Alan Collins, Ricky Medlock from Blackfoot, Skinner. And probably Ted Nugent. They're my four, four guys that really molded my guitar playing style. So uh, before we move on, I just you know want to mention about Metallica. The, the song "Ronnie" off "Load" that's like the Southern Rock Metallica song. Oh, I love um, the "Load" album. Love that song. Yeah, I'm probably the only Metallica fan that loves them. But that's okay. Yeah, uh, the first "Load" album is pretty good. "Hero of the Days" on it. Um, uh, what uh, King Nothing? King Nothing. King I mean, yep, Unforgiven. Yeah, he's a good song. But um, yeah, yeah that is a good song. Yeah, Fuel. Yeah, it's just yeah, they. I mean, Metallica is like I said. That's my that's my heavy side. And uh, like James Hetfield said, yeah. he likes he, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> he, he like he likes to make his guitar sound percussive and like drums and. And the rhythm for Open Road, I kind of really channeled that in. And uh, I kind of took the influence of their cover of Turn the Page for the rhythm in the chorus. I just, you know, was just chomping that the whole time. And that was that was a pretty heavy influence for me. Yep. That. Their cover of Whiskey in the Jar is like a million times better than the original. Oh, easy, easy, easy. easy. Oh, my, oh, my, oh. Nice. <laughs> it, but so when you listen to the original though it is 
I want to call it weak. It's very thin. thin. Like the guitar yes. sound is very thin. Yeah. Yes. Well, the problem is you talk about an original, but how many years has that song been around? This is like an old Irish drinking song. How many? Bands? Oh, sure, sure. But you know, you hear Metallica do it, then you go back. Like I actually heard Metallica do it for the first time, and I did not hear the original first. That's kind of where. That's how I was too. Yeah. Well, you, was, you listen to it, you're like, man. That song is a lot slower and the guitar tone is very thin. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But if it's a drinking song, it all sounds good after drinking, of course. So, and then uh, going back to Blackstone Cherry along with that, just the, um, the whole scene that they're from in Kentucky up there, you know, like, you know, obviously uh, John Fred, his dad is Richard from the Kentucky Headhunters who we've had on, and Greg Martin and those guys, you know, and then Richard, you know, Richard Young, of course, taking the Georgia Thunderbolts under his wing. And, you know, uh, um, you know, it's a great band, man. I'm sure you guys definitely are into them. Yes, they are excellent. Steve, the bass player in Blackstone Cherry. Now, he used to be in a band called Otis. You know, Eyes of the Sun is that record. It's incredible. And then a band yeah. out of Lexington called Mojo Thunder. That record, Hymns from the Electric Church, is just incredible. So everybody in that Kentucky area is just like so amazing. It's, that whole scene is just great. Well, we just had on a band from Western Virginia a couple weeks ago, Duquesne, D-U-C-A-I-N. They're really good. Uh, the Southern Governor, which is out of Virginia, is really good. Um, there's a, it's a, surprisingly a really good scene for this type of music where you guys are kind of that that Easter, East Coast slash North, Southern North, North Southern area. We're below. Most of us are all below the Mason-Dixon line, so let's 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 make sure we don't say too far north. Appalachia. Well, you know, I'm in Ohio. I'm I'm just outside of Columbus, Ohio, so it it ends not too far from where I am. There you go. That's right. <laughs> well, Jonathan, what are what are your influences besides Cannibal Corpse and like you know <laughs> Biohazard and everything else? <laughs> He got that all out of his system. So are, we, are we good? Did we just skip it over him? I mean, we really don't have time to cover all of them. But the main ones that I kind of channel with the band would be like um, Bob Burns and Artemis Pyle from Skinner, uh, Jackson Fires from Thunderfoot. Um, Blackfoot. Sorry. <laughs> Thunderfoot was his nickname. Was his nickname. My dad was a man called Thunderfoot. We, we, knew, <laughs> where, we knew what you're talking about. We, we're falling. That and, um, Athletes, but... that and um, what's his name? Fucking. Bruce Crump from Molly Hatchet. I just really try to listen to a lot of them guys when we're writing or coming into a show. And I try to take from them, listen to a lot of live records. Because obviously, you know, I don't want to be that drummer that's just like blast beating through the whole song. But at the same time, I don't want to be just sitting back there, you know, Johnny Cash and like one, two, one, two. So I got to kind of find a balance there. And I think a lot of those guys really did really well with complimenting the song. I'm still kind of learning how to do that mm -hmm. and really bring out, like not bring out what I can do, but compliment what the guitars and the bass are doing. I try to lock up with Johnny as much as I can. You're like Dave Grohl, you know, you play guitar, you play drums. Do you also sing? He can he sing. Can. Don't he let him fool you. Oh, yeah. shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He'd rather hide behind the kit. But I like to add on to what he said also about, you know, listening to Artemis Pyle and Bob Burns. When we play these Skinner songs in the band now, I mean, we play working for MCA, When the Hunt, Cry for the Bad Man. Um, and 
Georgia, oh, yeah, we played Georgia, Georgia Peaches. We, we played Georgia Peaches that, what, that was supposed to be on the Street Survivors album, but it never made it. Smoking Crow Styles. Yeah, our style. And uh, But we play also Skinner's cover of Crossroads that was on their One More From The Road album, the live album that they released. And this guy, he nails that drum part in that song, the rolls and the double bass and the solo. I mean, it's just when he when he says his influences, he listens to them and he he kills it. Jason, is it that time of the show? All right, gentlemen, we always like to end the show with a lightning round. Are you guys game here for a couple minutes of fun? Sure. All right. We've got four of you. So what I'm, I'm going to mostly do is give you guys all the same question and have a chance to answer. And I may throw individual questions out there. So some of you get a chance to ponder when you hear first. We're going to start to my left, which is with Jonathan and work our way across the room. So Jonathan, starting with you, what is the best concert you've ever seen? Oh, God, you're killing me. Um, <laughs> Lightning round. Lightning, 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 Lightning round. I'm just gonna First thing that came to your mind when I asked the question. Lancaster, they fucking killed it. It was the smallest venue I've ever seen a band play in. Yeah, obituary just killed it. Obituary. Oh, we're, we're back with the death metal. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the concerts I see. <laughs> All right, Frank. Oh, my God. Um, it's a tie between um, Blackberry Smoke and Ted Nugent. Right. Yeah. Were they playing together or just different shows? No, it was separate, but both okay. shows were just incredible. All right. Next, All Ted. The at the York Fairgrounds. All of them. Oh, so who was the lineup? With the, who, who was playing guitar? Was it Derek and Warren? or? I think it was Derek and Warren. Oh, yeah. God. Um, that, that's a hell of a lineup. It was, it was amazing. It was cool. And then they had like a 15-minute drum solo. Like, it, was, it was so cool. <laughs> It was so cool. Who did the drum solo? Was it Butch or Jamal? Oh, I, I, I think they do it all together. Did they do it all together? Okay, so they're both doing it. It was around 2005. Okay. Well, those guys, I mean, they have two drummers, right? So I didn't know if one guy, yeah. if they played off each other, whatever. They, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was back and forth the whole time. Just kicking it back and forth. It was so, so cool. That's what you need to take Jonathan to see. Not obituary like the Allman Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't had the opportunity yet. I'd like to. Know. So I'm, I got a follow up question for you, Jonathan, about this obituary concert. How many women were in the audience? There was a fair amount. They were my type of women. Most of them were in their forties. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them seemed like they probably came on a Harley and left on in somebody else's Harley. <laughs> <laughs> they were nice ladies. They were nice ladies. That's what All say. right. You can tell he's the youngest in the band. But I'm also going to change my answer. I'm going to say Candlebox, actually, because nice. I saw Candlebox, and they were fucking There you phenomenal. go. You got a fan. There you go. Oh, we've, just, we've had, we had Kevin on the podcast. They were one of the guys, I bands I really, really enjoyed in my my young. I still like them. They're like, their album, Wolves, that came out last year is really good. Yeah, actually, so their guitar, their new guitar is Island Styles. He's from Baltimore. Yeah, he was in uh, yeah. He was in Jimmy Shack's Shack, but he was also in Foster Child, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. I saw them with Jimmy's Chicken Shack. It was on like the 30th anniversary or 35th anniversary, something like that, of um, their uh, first album. And I got to say, they just killed it. When Island Styles went into them guitar solo, it was just goosebumps the whole time. And Kevin can still really sing, man. He's a very underrated vocalist. He does not get the credit he deserves. Kevin, the whole time, I thought I was listening to the fucking record. Yeah. <laughs> he got something. 
Johnny's over there patiently waiting to give his answer. Yeah. All right. All right, John. It's your turn. What's the best costume you've ever seen? What was the question again? <laughs> best concert oh, you've ever seen. Best concert I've ever seen of last week or April 1st. <laughs> my wife and I go to Ram's Head in Baltimore to see Dirty Honey. There you go. Oh, oh nice. Wow, yeah. Were they with Mammoth or by? Yeah, they Dirty Honey played first. They killed it. Yep. By far the best live band I've ever seen. I saw them open for the Crows last year. Really good. Yeah. Nice. Very good. These guys have a very big runway of where their career can go. Yeah, oh, yeah. no yeah. doubt. Well, a few few months ago, I was texting my uncle. He lives in LA and plays music out there, plays bass. And I said, "Hey, while you're out there, there's an LA band called Dirty Honey. Keep an eye out for them because they're awesome." And yep. uh, then they put out that their actual full length album, and then they got picked up with the Black Crows. And I was like, "There they go." They're taking off. I, I like that cover they just did recently of Let's Go Crazy. That's really, really good. They put their own that's spin good. on it, man. Yeah, they're good. Got a good groove. All right, that's that's a good call. All right, John, we're going to start with you and work our way back across the room on this one. All right. Give us a guilty pleasure song or artist. I, I'll just go back to the Smiths. <laughs> that's a good that's a good choice, man. Morrissey's not for everybody. No, man. My wife, like, she admitted to me yesterday, it's not my thing. And I was like, well, I still love you. So I'm still going to listen to it. Morrissey's a real complicated dude. Yeah, he is. He is All right, that's, that's a good choice. All right, Ted, what are we going with here? One song that I've been trying to get these dudes to play. Oh, no. Oh, down under it's a great minute work is a great band <laughs> they have a lot of really good songs and colin hay is uber talented and we did play that song live a couple times and people do love it they love yeah. that yeah it's so it, it is fun it is cool to see the reaction it's a it's a shock people are like oh who my can God, it be now be fuck. good johnny like man they've got all sorts of stuff you guys could do a different arrangement of it you could you can make a country rock you want, you want to hear something that was country rock? These guys, uh, no, no, not that. The first, uh, the first acoustic show that I had them do here at the studio, they break out their version of Motley Crue's Livewire. No, oh, nice. Totally not the Motley Crue version. And everybody that was in the room came over to me and was like, what in the actual fuck are they doing? And that's, <laughs> that, that was punk Motley Crue. That first album was very much punk. And that's a punk song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. But I love they, it. Uh, they did it in a very country-esque style acoustics, the three of them, and it was badass, man. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm trying to get my band to cover. We're an originals band, but we, you know, we play a couple covers in our sets, but um, Don't Go Away Mad by Motley Crue, because that's got a little bit of that. It's got, you can do a little country on that. That's pretty good. That was on the list. See? You got to do it. You got to do it. <laughs> Just like men at work, right? Men at work. I'm, I'm, listen, if you guys are voting, my vote's in. You cover men at work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Frank. My turn. Um, Eminem. Oh, my God. There you go. Now, the time. artist or a particular song? Oh, God. Oh, deep shit's coming out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and shit oh, is yeah. right. Welcome to Smoking Crow. Look, I mean, honestly, if, if we're being honest here, Eminem's got songs that you can relate to as a rapper. Um, I, I, I can't relate to the um, 
to the fuck bitches get money aspect of the rap game. Um, put it lightly. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, no, man. I mean, like, like I said, he's got he's got very deep songs, and I can I can I can relate to a lot of his stuff. And he, listen, he's, he's a talented guy. You know, if you're not in that music, but he's a very very talented guy, self made guy, worked hard, and got to where he yeah, is. Man. Yep, I respect that. All right, Jonathan, it's down to you. Let's let's non death metal edition. You can pick almost any like nineties band, any song they did. Like one of my favorite genres. Like I love Jim Blossoms, Counting Crows. Just the standard, yeah, alternative rock of the nineties. Sanctuary. Well, see, like no, <laughs> so, like all like I start, I cycle through so many different genres of music, but the two that I almost always come back to is whatever. <laughs> Always either Southern rock and like outlaw country, yeah. or I'm listening to like 90s music. I like Filter. Yeah. I like fucking um, shit. I'm trying to think of my favorite, play- one of my favorite playlists that I listen to the most. It's just like Candlebox, A Seven Mary Three, Days of the New. Yeah. 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 Like any of those. And I just, there's something about it that I love. Like when I was Candlebox is a solid choice. That's obviously not a you know guilty pleasure. It's just a pleasure. But yeah, I get you. The nineties, like all rock. Yeah, we ain't gonna judge you that bad. No, I said better work. He said Eminem. Yeah, yeah. Well, following up Eminem, I guess that would be. You just started out weird. That's the problem. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's nowhere to go. There was nowhere to go. All right, I have two final questions, and these are band questions. You guys have to come up with these together. So, first one: if you guys can play on stage with one band for one night, living oh or dead? Oh my god! Blackberry Smith. Blackberry Smith. Blackberry Smith. A really good choice. Is there a particular song you guys would have to do with them? Yeah, we play six or seven Blackberry Smoke songs. Yeah, we, we play half their set list before they even get on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you playing? I mean, what are you guys playing right now? There's what are you guys covering from them? Oh, uh, six ways to Sunday. Sleeping dogs. Good one coming on. Ain't much left to me. Oh, good one is so good. One coming on is so fun. A lot of good energy on that. No, Son um, of Bourbon's got to be my favorite. Yeah, Son of Bourbon. That's a good one. Um, we, oh, uh, shit, we do. Yeah, we said Sleeping Dog. Oh, Scare the Devil? Yeah. Yeah, man, we do that You guys one. could do, like, Waiting for the Thunder and get, like, real heavy with it. We try. We, we try. Nobody can sing it in the band. That's oh, what, yeah. That's I mean, yeah, Charlie's vocal. Yeah, I got yeah. you. But that's a, that's a good riff, though, man. That's real heavy. Oh, it's a badass riff, man. It's kick-ass. Yep. Ted says he can do it. I can do it. Yeah. I just got to try harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That you know what Brian, what was amazing about that is these guys. There was no debate; like they were there. They knew yeah. what they right We didn't even get these guys, you guys, these questions before start. Okay, last one again. Band question: Give us a good story from a show. Funny, scary. Like what sticks out in your mind from a performance of just you would tell somebody about. Then you has to feel. I'm gonna when they get when they get done answering this, I'm gonna answer too because I have a moment from there. All right, well, absolutely, pile in. Can we do like previous bands? And it doesn't necessarily have to be about the performance. Anything weird that happened from a fan, audience, the van, the car. Smoking Crow has been pretty steady, good. No troubles, no bumps in the road. Or not yeah. as far as no, no weirdos in the audience. 
somebody like around person like trying to get on stage or elephant tusk you guys didn't walk <laughs> into an orgy at any point yeah Oh my. <laughs> yeah, we played at a small bar. Tiny um, bar. It, it's not made to have bands in there. Um, no. <laughs> we were playing a show in our previous band, and uh, we were playing Free For All by Ted Nugent. And I'm singing or playing the guitar, so one and two. This lady, this drunk lady, is dancing in, right in front of my microphone stand, and it's sticking out a little bit. I, um, this actually happened two times, actually. But so the first time she knocked my mic stand over, I caught up my arm. I'm still trying. I'm, I'm still playing, keeping it together. Ted reaches over. He puts the mic back up on the stand. So that was one time. I'm a roadie guitar. He player. is a roadie guitar. <laughs> He's right there, man. We need him. And then the second time uh, we were playing at another small venue. And uh, I had turned my head for a split second. Next thing I know, I turn my head back and here comes a microphone swinging right into my face because somebody ran into it and uh, it, it woke me up a little bit. Oh, that, the thing for me is yeah. uh, I have a talk box, right? I oh, yeah. Talk oh, this box. is a great story. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, there's there's a tube on the talk box and I'm a friendly person when we play shows. I like to let people enjoy the time. If you want to grab the mic, say a few words, do it. But when I push your way, go away. <laughs> I had a lady come up one time and see the tube hanging off the mic stand says, oh, beer bong. <laughs> and just starts dumping beer straight down the tube into my talk box. Oh, no. Like, I'm just glad Dunlop makes a good product because let me tell you, when I used it later that night, it was a little gargly. Yeah. <laughs> Once you dry that thing out, it's good to go. I didn't even dry it out. I just threw it back in the bag and we were going to one. <laughs> it died up. It's a beer ball, but it died. Oh, <laughs> and That's Peter Brampton wept. <laughs> so, All right, Will. Will, you're up with your story. You got one, Johnny. First, before I go to me, hold on, Johnny. You got one? Uh, no, I mean, a couple weeks ago at practice, I thought my hand took a shit, so I drive back home and get get another head. It was just me wiring it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. Always check your gear. Make sure it's wired right. And make, sure, and make sure it's grounded. Make sure it's grounded. Make sure it's grounded. So I use a phase 90 pedal for the bass to get that, that water. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The effects loop backwards. That would explain why I had no tone. No sound. But uh, luckily, I lived two minutes from the practice space. So I, I ran back home and grabbed the second head. And then I was like, let me test this out to make sure it works. Because there are those, you know, SVT heads. Like these things are expensive, and it was just my dumb ass hooking the pedal in wrong. So always check your gear. Always check your gear. Yeah. Before so, you go. Uh, so the the moment I want to share with you all is Come just on in. Come on it's in. just some well it's it's they don't need to see me the video is not. Oh yeah, that's true. that's true. That's true. <laughs> Brian, to... Brian and I are, are very audio friendly faces, so we just use the audio. <laughs> so. Um, at the show at Stables a week and a half ago, you know, it's, it's, I've, we've had these guys at Smoker Crow and from a couple of different audiences here or there. But the, the show last week was really the first big show. There was damn near 300 people in there. It was, it was, it was, you know, it wasn't just playing in a bar, you know, playing in a dive bar somewhere. It was an actual, as Frankie likes to say, it, somewhere along the line, they all felt that it was a rock show. You know what I mean? That was that kind of, a, a, of an atmosphere going. 
And about midway through the set, for me, as a guy who on the outside who looks at talent and, and just tries to assess different things, I always look for the connection that goes on between, you know, the kinetic connection of energy that goes on between band and fans standing in front of them. Um, you know, if you're a musician or, or even a concert goer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So midway through the show, you know, Ted's always very animated. Ted's up there in the front and he's dancing around and, and he's, he's having a good time. You know, John sits off on the side and smiles. I do that. You did last <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah, I'm smiling every time. I let, I let my guard down. Hey, so, at least you know he's having a good time. So, you know, Jonathan's behind the kit hiding as usual. And Frank does a good job of being a front man as well and, and moving a little bit and everything. But he doesn't move around a whole lot. Well, midway through the show, I knew the band was, was kicking on all eight and they were vibing right because young Frank leans out to the side away from his mic screams at the crowd do you fucking feel that and got a reaction you know from that crowd that energy he was putting out there came back to the band full force and just to watch them light up at that moment being able to for them to have that moment and me as an outsider just being able to witness it from downstage that was amazing man that was amazing just you know the crowd was already in their hands and when he when he leaned over you know because he was in the moment he leaned over and yelled that out, man. It just fed. It fed the audience. It fed the, the whole show. It was great. It was great. And another great feeling. That oh. This was oh. the best feeling yeah. I've ever yes. had is when we played Open Road, I look out to the crowd. There were people singing it back to yep. us. Yep. Always. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's, that's always a good feeling. Always a good feeling. That that, that was, was so that cool. was amazing, man. That was like wow. I think they lost their shit more when we said this is our original called Open Road than they did for any other song. We'd be like, yeah, hey, we're gonna play some news, we're gonna play some whaling. They'd all cheer for that. But when we said open road, I don't think there was a single person in the bar that did not scream. Yeah, that was that was, that was amazing. That was awesome feeling. That was cool. That was wild. Um, well, you you boys have something that's going on for sure. And that, that first Thank single, you. if that's any indication of where you guys are going, I'm excited to hear what the next round of songs look like from you guys. Cause you are, you guys are a really good band. It was a pleasure to have you guys on and have Will come on as well and, and talk to us. Appreciate it. Yeah, it, was it. Thank you Thank guys you. for having us. Yes. So where do we go to find out more about Smoke and Crow, where you're playing, what's on the horizon, check out some of your music. So right now, um, currently, it's their Facebook page is the main source to go to, and the Instagram page are right. the two main, uh, main main sources to go to. Um, as far as the singles and, and the material that's being released right now, it's just open road. It's not released as uh, a digital single to be able to purchase. It is going to go on the uh, the album. It'll be part of that. Um, it is on YouTube. It is on YouTube. <laughs> Um, if people want to go to the rock metal records page and YouTube, you can find it. just search smoke and crow open road. It'll pop right up. Um, but again, this is a new project. So everything is, is we're taking things in stride and we're, we're in the process of getting, you know, everything legally straight with the band as far as, you know, LLCs and all that go, because I want these guys to be set up that once things go out on Spotify and all that, that they're, you know, they're legally protected within the rights of, of their music. So. That's why right. you're the dad of the band, Will. You know that's, what's going on. That's why everybody. I'm band dad. Exactly <laughs> right, man. Exactly right. And again, well, you just got another Instagram follower by the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. Nice. Thank awesome. you. Appreciate it. We man. really appreciate that, guys. Yes. And we appreciate what you guys do. I mean, you you, you run a class show. Um, 
again, the way you. You, you guys have structured your teamwork together is pretty cool too. I like the, the way you guys mesh together as a team. It's, you know, much like a band on stage where you got to have chemistry, you know, you guys in the studios or wherever you are have to have chemistry. To, to well, Brian's in North Dakota and I'm in Ohio. So yeah, well, I mean, regardless of the room, you know what I mean? It, there's a chemistry there between the two of you that works and it really shows in your yeah. interviews, man. So I can really appreciate what you guys do. And thank you very much. No, no, that the compliments very nice. Our, our really, our goal is for Brian to be knowledgeable and professional professional and for me to act like an idiot. And that really, that combo works great. <laughs> or the other way around. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't have anybody on my podcast anymore. I'm pretty much all by myself and fly off the handle and have to handle other things. So, yeah, it's it's mine's off the rails. Your guys is very structured, and I can appreciate that. <laughs> well, structured? <laughs> well, no. structured, structured. We have a beginning oh, and an that's end. That's a bad word. We have yeah. a beginning and an end, and that's everything in between is fair game. <laughs> no, that's cool. No, that's cool. It's it, Again, it's unscripted, which I, I agree. That's not what I meant when I said structured. No, I, no, we, I we know. know what you meant. Just Josh just and like, you. Yep. So – Everybody listen, go follow Smoking Crow on Facebook. Go follow these guys on Instagram. You're going to love Open Road. You're going to love what they're doing. Go out and support these, these new guys. And Brian, over to you. So thank you so much to John, Frank, Ted, Jonathan from Smoking Crow and Will from Rock Metal Records and Radio. Thank you so much for being on. It's been a blast. We got your back. We got, we're supporting you. We're watching you. I always check in with people and, and uh, love what you guys are doing and, and we're behind you all the way. So thank you so much for being on. Thank you, thank man. You for really appreciate it. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you to the guys in Stone Crow, John, Jonathan. Smoke and Crow. Smoke and Crow. God, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. The Stone usually, Smoke and usually Crow ice Harvest. Crow up, Brian. Usually ice smoke and Crow. Names. Smoke and Crow, not Stone Crow. Smoke and Crow. <laughs> Thanks to the guys in Smoke and Crow. Frank and Ted, John and Jonathan, and thanks to Will uh, for talking to us. Uh, uh, God, hilarious as always. Like a lot of guests, a lot of a lot of guitar talk. I enjoyed that. Um, what a, when they told me the story, told us the story about pouring the beer down the freaking talk box. Talk box. Like, like what did that do, man? Did you get shocked? <laughs> it just, I just. You know, I don't think it gets shocked, but it just puts that. Well, I would, I thought I would have put that talk box out of service, which yeah. it sounded like it was still okay. But man, being out in the public, you never know what you're going to run into, whether drunk, sober or not. People are <laughs> interesting and weird. Yeah. And it kind of sounds like there's a good few bands going on around that area. Um, so that's always a good thing to uh, look forward couple to. couple familiar but... names that we heard, like Rat Rod and Rat Rod. Yep. Going yep. On. yep. And I'm excited to t- check out this band Indian Head that they told us about. I'm about to do that. I swear we've heard that here. name before. Yeah, I think we have. I think we have. Um, so, but I got to check it out again. Yep. Um, hey, we so. had actually real death metal come up on this. I used to make that <laughs> joke and like, honest to God, Jonathan liked the death metal I, stuff. Know, I've tried to give some of that stuff a listen, but I just, I just can't. I can't. I can't. Just like it's just like. It's all the same, man. Listen, it's death metal, same. bro country, I'm not, yeah. those aren't my thing, but if you're into it, I'm cool with it, man. I mean, granted, Enjoy. like, punk's all the same, and blues is all the same, and I'm a blues fan, you know, to some degree, but, I mean, I just, it's just, I, I, you know, maybe, like, the music is probably pretty hard technical to play, but the whole, like, definitely that kind of stuff is just, like, yeah. I just, I don't know. I just can't get into that. But, but good dudes. Listen, that first song out is killer. I can't wait to hear um, their next round of songs they're going to release. Yeah. And uh, I, 
I like to talk about Pantera and Metallica having a couple of songs that, that, that could be called Southern Candlebox Metal. came up, which is Candlebox, always, I mean, yeah. man, come on, man. Love it. Well, yeah, so we'll look forward to everything that those guys uh, have to offer up and uh, just be like, really grateful about that. And just saying, you know, hey, guess what? Southern Rock is reverent and blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 